Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Be There in Five podcast. I'm Kate, and this week I am bringing you a very important song that I've talked about but never played that will now unfortunately be in your head for the rest of time. It is impossible to get zoom, zoom, zoom. You make my heart go boom, boom, boom out of your head. And it's just, it's a, it's an important song to the popular culture of the 90s. This song is called Supernova Girl. Not by Protozoa. Many people mess this up. Protozoa is the singer. Microbe is the band. Of course, from Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century, the heartthrob of everybody at the space station and the apple of Xenon Carr's eye. You know, that movie did predict the iPad. It also gave me a catchphrase that I am embarrassed to say I still use and is in like a toe-stubbing sense. If I want to curse, it's a lot easier to just be like, Cetus Lapidus. And then, you know, at least you're not saying like, gee golly willikers. It's not like that lame, but it's also not cursing if you're, you know, trying to take it down a notch. It's kind of just this, um, you know, great topical reference that I find more people notice than I actually thought. Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century, and Xenon the Sequel, and I think there was one called Z3, um, were, is important to me beyond just like the 90s because, and I've, I know I've, you know, talked about our story in passing before, but I've been recording episodes on Patreon, reading through my journals that I recently found from. 2009. I've, I've gone back and read mine from college, from study abroad and stuff, but I hadn't really delved into like my actual adult life. And I'm trying, I'm recording my reaction as I read them out loud. It's been kind of interesting and fun because I'm, I'm weirdly seeing myself at points like manifesting or like placing an order with the universe for certain things that I wanted, even though at that time I wasn't really privy to that mode of thinking. I was really just kind of down and out and emotional and I adored a lot of disappointment and heartbreak. And I had just moved to New York City and I was so hopeful and I love my job and I love so many people, but there's just this part of me that was uh, just a, a bottomless pit of feeling confused and concerned as to why I hadn't experienced love or male affection or attention in the way my friends always had my whole life. I never really felt like understood. And um, the night I met Greg, you know, stranger in a crowd, no mutual friends, total chance happening. So many aspects of that and the timing of it align so closely to the stuff I was writing in this journal. It's like been blowing my mind and I've been thinking about it all morning. But anyways, if you want to hear that and you're, you know, want to sign up to pay a dollar to be effectively super bummed out for like the next two hours definitely hop on patreon just kidding it's a little bit funny at times and it's just like kind of a fun thing to like drink wine and listen to i'm told um because it's like not a funny it's it like journals from when you're in like you know seventh grade are funny sure but like this is my actual adult brain and like real life so it's like a little tougher to listen to but you know important nonetheless to gain perspective on some of the lowest points in our life, like are so, so necessary for the next thing around the corner. And reading my journal entry two days before I met Greg is just like the most powerful thing to me. And I guess I'm grateful for having launched so much of my life. That said, the reason I chose this song is because after going through this and reading it, I said that um, after like talking to Greg all night after we met and feeling like, you know, I kind of had seen him before, but I hadn't. And 
feeling like we really connected, he made a reference to protozoa. And anyways, we just like had this banter about Xenon and like, you know, it had been a minute since it had aired back then, even though this was 2010, I'm pretty sure Xenon was from like, I don't know, 1999, maybe 2000. It was, it was, it was you know, at least a decade. And um, I just was like, oh my God, he, like I, you know, we were just, he, he made a Xenon reference. Like that is something so decoms disney channel original movies like really speak to my soul and what's funny knowing greg now is like he knows nothing about them but he must have specifically seen that one and he has three younger sisters so i'm sure that helps too but anyway the very first text he ever sent to me simply said zoom 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 and uh even though it took him i don't know five-ish years to propose to me i'm not counting i forget i was totally breezy never cared never thought about it i was shocked i'm just kidding don't you hate when people say that the other part of this song that was meaningful to me until I found out otherwise is that, well, you know how when people uh, will ask you, like, how do you know when they're the one? You hear people say, when you know, you know, and all this stuff. And I think I answered that question on a Q&A I did a while back on Patreon. My, from my standpoint, you don't. You don't know. Relationships evolve and you either grow together or you grow apart. And there are a lot of situations you have to face and understand how you work through them together that only time can give you and there's just no absolute answer at the onset based on your personalities and com- compatibility alone there's too many factors all matters of love are, are a huge gamble and i know that's not like a great answer but above all else beyond any situational stuff we endured throughout our relationship the one baseline that was always there was i from the second i met him and had that xenon conversation I always felt that I had a magnet and he had a magnet. And no matter what we were doing or where we were, we were always finding ourselves in each other's magnetic field because you're just drawn to some people, you connect with some people, you have chemistry with some people. And there's that baseline, that gravitational pull that doesn't keep you away. And when people obsessed over, he's not texting me back, we had a great time, what happened, is he or isn't he? I'm kind of like... I'm all for girl power. Text him back, tell him how you feel, live your truth. But I also think there's just, there's some people you meet that you can't stay away from in a good way. And that's what you should look for. And the great part about coming from the chemistry and connection angle is that it's not personal. To have that, it takes both people being right. And if you don't have connect or you don't have the chemistry, that's fine. It's not personal. It's not your personality. You just aren't the right fit. Your, your grooves uh, aren't going to intersect in the places you need them to, but that's not your own fault. That's just you needing to find the right fit. I, I could just shake people that are like, what's wrong with me? Nothing is wrong with you. And trust me, I've been reading through these journals and it's like years and years of being like, I'm the worst. What's wrong with me? And it's just, it's, it's the low self-esteem is killing me. But, and I say that it's not everything. You can have chemistry with a lot of people that are total monsters, but Should you have that baseline and should you be a good match, it's really not a bad place to start because it's hard to stay mad at somebody you genuinely like and want to be around. And there's a lot of stuff that happens in life. And it's nice to have somebody whose fundamental spirit, whose energy wants to be in your orbit and you want to be in theirs. And it almost creates this I don't know anything about space to do an adequate metaphor. We need to ask Commander Plank, perhaps Nebula from Xenon the Sequel. But 
anyway, so it's a totally different <laughs> diatribe I could go on. Um, my point is, I what I really loved about this song is that is the the, the lyrical genius is interplanetary, megastellar, hydrostatic. There's no gravity between us. Our love is automatic. Zoom, zoom, zoom. And while that, you know, lyrical styling, you know, I, I see you, Protozoa. That's the, 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 the you know, interstell- interplanetary megastellar hydrostatic is a real, like, Lin-Manuel Miranda tongue twister. You know, the, um, uh, in Hamilton and Right Hand Man, when he, when uh, Washington, one of my, he, it, Chris, is his name Chris Jackson? Who plays Washington in the original and the cast album? Ugh, his voice. But he's like, now I'm the model of a modern major general, the venerated Virginian veteran who's met her all. It's like, it, it, it's, it's, this is one of my favorite lines. That and uh, in, my sh- in my shot when he's like, I'm past patiently waiting, I'm passionately smashing every expectation, every action's an act of creation. Ugh. I love words. What an architect of the English language. Um, anywho. Yes, protozoa is, is a, I was going to say, a modern Lin-Manuel Miranda, but he's actually a future Lin-Manuel Miranda, technically. And anyways, the lyrics um, spoke to me because I thought, the, I thought the words were interplanetary, megastellar, hydrostatic. There's gravity between us. Our love is automatic. But it's actually, there's no gravity, so the song has nothing to do with us. So the past, you know, eight years have, have been a lie. and. I'm an idiot because there's no gravity in space. So that's annoying. And even gravity is like, a, all I can think of is 9.8 meters per second. I'm trying to think like, is the word I'm looking for, for feeling just so drawn to someone like a gravitational pull? Anyway, similarly to uh, the space station, my computer is about to take off into space. I don't know if you can hear it in the background. Is constantly on overdrive. I don't delete anything. I'm too anxious to oh, oh, empty my trash. I'm on my second external hard drive. My computer is so little storage that I have to carry around my external hard drive. And then oh, my Mac just tortures me all day every day about ejecting my disks properly. And it's this empty thread I've been getting year after year now. And nothing's ever happened. But every day I'm, I'm just absolutely filled with anxiety. Should I not eject my disks properly? That's, it will be the demise of me and my business as I know it. Because... The way they send this notification so much, you would think it's like a really BFD, but I don't know anybody that's experienced catastrophe from not ejecting their discs properly. Let me know otherwise. Um, I am feeling a little discouraged today. You know, it was one thing when a couple weeks ago, Kylie Jenner was on the cover of Forbes labeled a self-made billionaire, you know, I was happy for her. She, she's, she's, you know, really been able to monetize her, her family's fame. But then this morning, I saw she did a teamy post, a fit tea post. And according to the Daily Mail, that singular post, it wasn't even a video. It wasn't even, it wasn't even like bachelor contestant pathetically trying to pretend like it's not a promotion. I am so over Becca, Tilly, and JoJo trying to pretend like they're not just capitalizing off their BFF hood. They're like, oh my God, like we love when we're together and we're best friends. And I know, you know how you and your girlfriends get when you start to gab? You just like can't stop talking about bug spray. 
Thankfully, when we're hanging out outside with these like really boho like wigwams at the beach with a bonfire, because that's what you and your gal pals do together, right? We have bug spray. I am kidding. I just made that up. They've never advertised bug spray, but they're always doing like hawking something random together. And I'm just like, uh, like A, you're rubbing friendship in my face and B, you're making money off of it. And I'm just so tired of social media making me feel bad about myself. And Ashley, I did a truly horrific ad for Fenty Beauty about, uh, what's it called? Like eyeliner that's like cry proof. And like, did Riri approve that? It's like the worst acting I've ever seen. Her lips are so puffy and overlined. You know, I like Ashley and think she's cute. I think she means well, albeit she's over promoting her relationship. And that makes me concerned for its longevity. But I just don't think Rihanna, that's, it's just not, it's just off brand for Rihanna. And um, what was I talking about? Oh, how they try hard to make posts look like they're effortless when like, I'd almost rather you just call a spade a spade and not tell me I, I won't stop asking you about essential oils. Like I've literally never asked you about that. And I don't care. And frankly, selling something you have to smell on your Instagram story is just like not a great use of time. Like, ugh, guys, you will not stop asking me if like what happens when I'm, I have my head on the pillow when I, I want to go to sleep, but I can't. I don't want to eat or drink or, or use lotions. You guys keep being like, so what do you do? And I'm here. I'm going to tell you what to do. And it's this like amazing opportunity where you can smell your way into slumber. And I'm just like, what do people act? like if, Hey, I, I get it. As I've, I've Instagram more. I realize people ask you the same stuff over and over again. And it gets to a point where it kind of clogs your DMS. And I actually do like to talk and engage with people, but then sometimes I'm like, Oh crap. I wish I could just answer in one swoop. And you know, so I like, I get it, but I think people just say that. So they can talk about something really specific and weird that otherwise seems a little disjointed from their regular brand, which it is. So, you know, who am I to who am I to judge? But Kylie made a million off of this Fit Tea ad that's not even good. I, do, I I'm dying to know the metrics behind this. Who actually buys Fit Teas anymore? Why is tea me any different than flat tummy tea or detox tea or you better have a Starbucks around the corner tea because what this tea does to you is going to be really embarrassing in the employee restroom. I, I don't, I, I honestly don't know the strategy. I did tag team me in my Instagram story. I did offer them to use tugboat and to maybe consider me as like a scholarship or like an investment in a women's small business because, you know, they need to diversify their expenditures. And um, I'm, I am more than willing to be someone's charity. I actually, in the past few months, I started to get way more emails about like being an influencer but the kind of deals I get in my size are like share all this crap and should this many people buy it you'll get three dollars I'm like what did you have to like build your way and start doing this crap or like it's just it's one of those funny things like I've said Cameron from Southern Charm it's so frustrating that now she's selling so much junk when she always made fun of everybody and you know I hope to be that person I hope that people offer me so much money to hawk press on nails that you guys are like, you've changed. What a dream. I mean, what an honor to be told you're so famous that you've changed. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But if I ever do advertise for like a health, fitness or wellness thing, I'm telling you here, you guys know I don't do any of that. So I need to come up with a secret code 
So if I advertise it because I need the money, because, you know, I'm providing a service here, um, uh, I need to like, uh, like, um, you know, grab my ear twice or, you know, say something or like wink. So you guys know, like the real me is still inside. But like, if I'm doing this, it means I really needed the monetary support. So you like won't get mad and you'll like the photo and up the engagement and maybe just like buy stuff. Anyway, should I get to that point? I will send you a sign. Just wanted to make sure you all knew that. Uh, which Cameron has not done. She just did a 180 and I, we all feel abandoned. We're like, oh, you used to just sit in the Wendy's drive through stuff your face with chicken nuggets, not chew with your mouth closed. And you were so charming all the while we weren't even mad about it. And now you're trying to tell me that you really are using a Vanity Planet face brush? Not even a Clarisonic? Also, if you, if you want to use a Clarisonic, or, I actually think a face brush is one of the most transformative things you can get. <clears throat> for your skin because it like exfoliates it and cleans deeper and you just kind of have that like dewy squeaky clean shine afterward that i love that i can never get with my fingers and we all know microbeads are being outlawed like straws um there is a 20 dollar one on amazon that's incredible that comes with five million attachments and you don't think you need them but then one day you experiment and you realize it's like a pumice stone and you can be giving yourself a pedicure i mean truly it, it, it's fantastic and also the um Olay one is identical to the DDF one, which I bought, you know, back when I had FU dual income money. And I still use it to this day, but I bought the Olay one for comparison's sake. And it's like literally the same machine private labeled, I swear. But what's the DDF one and the Olay one come with a scrubber and an exfoliating pad thing. And the exfoliating pad thing is incredible. It's a, like an at home microdermabrasion, but the Olay version is like $20 as opposed to over $150. Anywho, major tangent. I don't know. The, I, I guess I, I just am struggling with Kylie having, you know. I, it's kind of, it's, it, part of you is like, aren't you above this? Beyonce would never. Taylor Swift would never. But then I remember that Taylor Swift and Beyonce didn't get famous being professional thirst monsters. No offense. So it's a compliment, really. It's ambition. Any more thirsty you know, it's kind of like extra. And like, oh, sorry for trying so hard. Sorry for caring too much. You know, we can't fault people for trying. We can't fault people for trying to make a buck. But it is, it's a tough thing where like, you know, a part of them's embarrassed, but the money's got to be so good. They don't care. Which for her, the richest member of that entire family has to be a lot of money. So um, anyway, that and uh, Doug the Pug is being married. His parents are being married by Jonathan Van Ness of Queer Eye. And, you know, I'm happy for Doug the Pug. He has three and a half million followers. His parents live off of him. He, you know, posts cute photos wearing sunglasses and flower crowns and funny locations and funny outfits that a dog will never otherwise be participating in because they're dogs. And that's why it's funny because dogs aren't people. I get it. I get it. But, like, is he that cute? what what is his x factor there are a lot of pugs on instagram and i don't want to talk bad about someone if somebody ever questioned tugboat's cuteness i i would make their backside shine like the top of the chrysler building to quote one miss hannigan uh, but i don't know i i just i don't know i i i i'm jealous i'm jealous i'm confused i don't know how to give your dog the x factor I don't know how much of my life to dedicate to well-curated photo shoots of a dog. Because here's the thing. 
I am a human who has full access and control over all of my appendages and still can't pose for a photo I want to post on Instagram. How the hell am I going to get my dog, who's so squirmy, he has a meltdown when I try to clean his ears and he hides under the couch for 120 minutes. I don't, I guess you need an older dog. A puppy would never sit still. And outside of like having Greg marionette him and then me photoshopping out Greg, meanwhile, I'm like swearing to Greg up and down, like I'm on my way. I'm doing things. We're, you know, I, I am, I'm, I'm probably going to be the main provider of this family any day now, just because, you know, I feel self-conscious when he comes home and I'm like still in a robe or, you know, haven't showered in several days and haven't even gotten to the place where I put dry shampoo in my hair to fake having showered. It's a, it's a bit of a weird thing when you work from home all day, yet you're, you're so busy the entire day, but your spouse comes home and finds you in the place they left you looking debatably worse than when you just rolled out of bed. And you're like, no, I swear I had a really good day. It's like, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. And if you don't work from home, you can't understand it, but time does get away from you. And it almost, you adjust to having more time than a person that commutes and fits in lunch and stuff. But then like you pack stuff in your days and you literally never get up. Like I, I don't go to the bathroom for as long as humanly possible because the second I get up, my focus breaks and I can't get back into my momentum. So it's not like I really even enjoy the perks all that much of having a fridge or not having to see other humans. I. If anything, I feel like I work harder here because I have something to prove, you know? Anyway, long story short, I, I don't know if that would be a good use of my time, you know, photoshopping whoever is my dog's handler out of the cute posed photos. But Doug the Pug makes serious money. He has celebrity friends. I was looking at his story. He's with Cole Sprouse. He's with the Riverdale cast. He's best friends with the Queer Eye guys. He, he knows everyone. He loves to see and be seen. They take him out and about. The other side of that is if your dog doesn't have predictably be predictable behavior like mine um that would be like kind of embarrassing to feel like your dog didn't live up to its instagram hype because like even when i meet people in person i'm like i'm not really that like funny or, or i'm not I, like I'm, I'm usually kind of like tired in a bad mood and unkempt um like should i run into somebody at the trader joe's but like at least i can you know snap out of it tugboat he he gives zero f's about what people think of him and he just flies by the seat of his lack of pants and snooze like he is snoring really loudly right now and i don't know if you can tell it hopefully the the noise gate will take it out but he uh, he just like lives his life begs for food at 3 a.m you know sleeps on my head every time greg tries to exercise he sprawls out on his lap and shows him his belly so he can't move and keep on going He's just like a little, you know, in your face. But then you want the second you want him around, he's so disinterested. It's a big game of cat and mouse, really. And I'd feel bad if he had millions of followers and admirers. And I brought him, you know, to a cheering crowd. And he was like, you know, put his tail down and crawled under the director's chair. I was sitting in doing my AOL build about being a world famous dog mom. <laughs> um, but anyway. What am I even talking about? I guess like it's just funny. I, I just talk such a big game about like being confident and like, you know, things will come your way. So things always around the corner and we can't compare ourselves and blah blah blah. And we can't. And I know that in my like heart of hearts, head of heads. But but then like, you know, I just I see Doug the Pug killing it, who is not even a human, and then Kylie Jenner getting a million dollars for a photo and she's already a billionaire. And I'm like, man, what about us human people? who don't already have a billion dollars. It's just, you know, a shame that more 
people and brands don't take chances on people on the cusp who could get to that point. They'd rather stick with the people who are already at that point. And I've talked about before how this is my issue with like big conferences and stuff. How like literally Lauren Conrad speaks at every single one. People like who, what, where, man repeller, like big names that have been around for a really long time. And I get that they built empires and that's awesome. But like, I don't want to go to an inspirational convention and hear Jessica Alba tell me how to follow my dreams. And she already had a platform and already was an actress. And she already was in the finest film of the early 2000s called Honey. It's just not inspirational. We need more ground up, truly self-made success stories. We need to hear from people who are kind of there and getting close and where they've been and how they plan to go forward. We need to hear from what people need who are still growing and trying to get there so they talk about the right stuff. I'm so tired of hearing your garbage generic babble about knowing your audience and engagement and organic content and like all this stuff we all know and understand. It's the difference between learning from a textbook in a lecture hall versus being in the field. Like I studied textbook marketing, like really in depth. And then I went into a marketing job and it literally was entirely different. And I used none of it. It built a framework in my head, kind of, that you don't even really follow. It's not like I walked into work the first day and was like, hey guys, have you heard of the four P's? I have product, place, place, (laughs) price, place, promotion. Yeah, I know. Read a book. Now and again, why don't you? I went to college. No one cared. It was basically just like managing clients, trying to get people not to hate you, being an enjoyable person to eat lunch with. I, I really think the key to success in the workplace is don't complain, get your job done, be willing to admit when you're wrong, when you don't know, or when you're not doing your work well as a result of your own incompetency for not pursuing your own ongoing education or being too stubborn to ask questions, and it's not somebody else's fault. And be uh, somebody that if you got stuck in an airport with you, you're tolerable to be around. You end up spending so much time with your coworkers, especially on trips where you like inevitably to like cost leadership. You like share cabs and you just like don't want to talk anymore. It makes such a difference if if you're not an a-hole, if you're not a complainer, if you're not it's just, if you don't feel so entitled to be there and just want to get paid to do nothing. And you whine about going on client trips like be cool. You know, but that's that's the key to life that you don't learn in college. Anyway, what was I saying? Oh, Yeah. there's just like this girl bossy women's leadership women's influencer women's digital realm of it's this weird thing where individually i respect and look up to so many people so many bloggers so many people in the influencer space i think they do it well i think they constantly innovate i don't think they're always just trying to emulate the last person who did something well and with that you have to be able that to have like some major misses and so I appreciate when people don't play it safe um, and because I think their wins are bigger. I both criticize and empathize with the small business owner, the influencer, the blogger, because you can't, it's kind of like hating the Kardashians. It's like you can't hate someone for capitalizing on a popular, new, innovative business model that didn't exist before. And because it's new and different and not the traditional working model, it's so easy to trivialize. But that doesn't mean you're better than them. What I, my critique is, I guess I'm a little tired of doing all of this, kicking up dust, trying to like build your own personal brand and listen to the jargon. 
and get people, you know, on your team and get them engaged and then like selling stuff they don't need. It's just this funny thing where it's like, okay, you worked so hard to get us all here for what? Like to tell me about HelloFresh? I don't know. It's it's an interesting thing where I think that people really do let the voices of the haters be louder than the volume of people who love them. And they start to isolate and distance themselves. And then I feel like my entire reel of my Instagram story is like watching QVC. It's like, how, how long and how many times can you explain to me that, you know, this duster goes from day to night? I, I, I get it. It's knit. It's wool. A lot of thread was used. Comes in four colors. Your mom can wear it. Your daughter can wear it. Your toddler can use it as a swaddle. I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's QVC mixed with a Pinterest vision board of inspirational entrepreneurial boss, babe, girl boss quotes. But the irony is everyone's advertising for these brands owned by men, for these corporations, for these. It's like everyone's talking about being a feminist and a girl boss and yeah, these broader causes supporting the empowerment and equality of women while simultaneously only choosing to support things that yield their own personal gain. And part of that is fine, because I will never, ever fault a woman for trying to make their own money, be independent, do their own thing, and to capitalize, capitalize, capitalize. I am a businesswoman. I believe in profits. I believe in generating as much revenue as you can with whatever means is working for you. But I think there's a balance where if you're pretending to inspire me and posting about being a boss and all this crap, like, but what are you doing? It, to me, it's the difference between moral identity and morality in action. That's why everyone gets so frustrated with people on social media, why I do, because it's like, you're the Facebook crusader, you're, you're, you, you're picketing on the front lines of the comment section, but like, what are you doing? And I, I think that's, I'm just a little bit sick of, of hearing all about what I should think and how I should be and who I should be inspired by and what I should do, but feeling like there's no actual tangible support being done in the process because people get too big for it. And it's like, uh, it's just this weird thing where I, I, I am just so bored. I am so bored flipping through stuff these days. And I, I'm bored of myself too. Do you think I think I bring great value to the world captioning Daily Mail screenshots? Like, God, no. It's fun for me and it's it's uh, it's a light, easy thing to digest on Instagram. And I like to share my depth of pop culture knowledge for other people that like it. But even some days I'm like, I, like, I'm so annoying. I almost am like I get passionate about the dumber the topic is, the more passionate I get about it because I'm like trying to feel something. And you don't always want to be talking about serious stuff, but I'm a passionate person. And anyway, I've just been like trying to figure out, like, what can I do to solve for the things I I the, the, the things I'm seeing in the influencer economy that I that don't sit with me right. How can I support people who support me, support other women in a tangible manner that's not just me being here on a soapbox? So anyways, I was going to go into this now, but I'm going to talk about it toward the end of the podcast about what I'm thinking for my advertising model. There, I've done 26 episodes and I've been transparent with you guys about how it takes a lot of time. And you, you, you hit a point where the first person you have to fire is your, is your lowest paying customer. This podcast is my lowest paying customer. Have I actively pursued advertising? Mm, not really. And people have been reaching out to me more lately, but though I, I just fundamentally am not comfortable with the structure, the, the captions, the 
Whatever. So I'm going to try to do this my own way, but I'll talk about that a little later because I'm sure I'm boring all of you that this doesn't apply to. And I feel like nobody is this like too inside baseball. I, I feel like part of what I want to do that other people don't do is they're doing a thing while not talking about the thing they're doing. You know, I don't want to be the housewife that clearly got in a fight with somebody off camera and, and isn't talking about it. So I'm telling you about the fights I'm getting in with myself about this podcast on camera or on mic, I guess, uh, to explain a little bit of my struggle and some context for what I'll talk about later. Anyway, sorry. Um, oof, what was I talking about? Again, I do worry I repeat myself, but I think about the same stuff all the time. And until it's resolved, I'm going to continue to think about them. And I notice like I have new listeners a lot. And if I just it's very um, it would be very like indulgent of me to assume you remember everything I've said, because I sure as hell don't. Uh, but if I ever start to like and be annoyingly repetitive, please tell me like. And this is what's so interesting about feedback, because I've, I think that most people, because you're not a troll, aren't going to tell someone negative information because it's like hard to hear. It's not always valuable. It won't be well received. They don't know you personally. You might not understand the context. Like you respond negatively to stuff all the time, but like, it's just not always productive to give someone your two cents. Not everything that pops into your head deserves to be said and will often do more damage than it does a help. But then like, I, I see when people actually do say something and people straight up ignore it, but it's the volume of things being said to them. For example, Jacqueline Hill, all of her comments on everything are like about her being materialistic and like her caring so much about things. And then like in her video, she's like, you guys don't know me. I'm not materialistic at all. I do not care about that stuff. Like all I care about are my dogs and my nieces and my nephews and food. And then she'll put like right after that, she'll post an Instagram story photo of like the red section of her handbag wall in her ginormous walk-in closet, the size of an 800 square foot studio apartment. And I'm like, what? Yes, you do. Like, what value are you bringing the world by showing people that you have two different yellow Birkins, that you have an entire wall of like red Chanel's, that you Roy G. Bived your wardrobe? I, 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 I'm proud of your success. I actually still really like you. But like, she gets such her closet tour was just whoof. And I just am like, I, I think we used to live in a world where people wanted to see that, but now it's just off putting. And maybe it's my age. But watching that was like, you're, uh, you need to be more fiscally responsible. Like YouTube might not be forever. Like, do you have a backup plan? Do you have your own makeup line? Are you still just doing stuff with Morphe? Uh, handbags, they do depreciate. I know people want to say they, they value their vintage. They want to pass them on. But like, it's just, they're just not. People that say clothing and like handbags and shoes are investments are like, they're out of their minds. It is very unusual unless you have like Yeezys or something that's like really popular currently. Or in like, I guess Chanel bags and stuff, they have resale value, but you're never going They're An investment it produces a return <laughs> just because you can get back some of the money you spent does not an investment piece make, you know? I mean, obviously, unless you're buying like arch archival Chanel YSL, like high end pieces. Sure. Ugh, remember the Rachel Zoe project? She had archives, which were just like, rented commercial real estate space with like vacuum packed bags of her vintage clothing. What a dream. I love her. I love her. I love her. I wonder what Taylor's up to. I just don't think Brad Gretzky's career, you know, is where he wanted it to be, especially after the ca cancellation of fashion police and, um, 
Gary Gennetti is really doing well for himself with those Prince George memes that I think are a little bit mean sometimes and go a bit far. And I, again, would not F with the Queen. But Gary Gennetti wrote for Family Guy. I mean, he's been a name for a while, but now all of a sudden people are like, have you heard of this guy? And I'm like, yeah, obviously he did the, he did the, the Les Mis flash mob on It's a Brad Brad World. And then I think I mentioned that a couple weeks ago. If I didn't cut it out, I hope you've watched the video by now because it was a great birthday present. Um, and Rachel Zoe had a brief uh, like temporary employee, I think in a post Taylor world named Ashley Avignon, who is one of Taylor Swift's best friends. And I constantly see pop up in like daily mail and leaving her apartment and at her concerts. And like, everyone just glosses over the fact that she was Rachel Zoe's short lived assistant for like two months in the, in two and a half episodes toward the end of season three of the Rachel Zoe project. And I'm like, get with it daily mail. <laughs> um, also in my, uh, Patreon that was recording about meeting Greg. I talked about how at the, the bar we were at, I thought it was the best night ever because I had just spotted a formal America's next top model contestant bartending. And I like grilled her about Tyra. And I, back then there, I wasn't like watching housewives. There wasn't like a ton of reality shows. ANTM was kind of like all I had besides bug juice on the Disney channel. And uh, I watched survivor like right very early when it started and like the real world. But other than that, I didn't have like a lot of juicy stuff to hold on to. So ANTM, Tyra Mail, you know, make it work. Nigel Barker, Gilles Ben-Simon, all her like recurring characters, Miss J. (laughs) I was obsessed with them. And, uh, you know, I was really happy to see that Annalise got that breakout role in Crazy Stupid Love. But the girl I met was from, I think, Cycle 2. Her name was Kaylin. She was very skinny. She's often confused for Shandy, who was like another skinny blonde that she kind of had bigger ears, though. who is no longer a model and was bartending the the graveyard shift at a country western bar on the Lower East Side, and just confirmed all of my suspicions that Tyra is an absolute monster and did nothing for her post show, which was very sad. Anyway, what was I talking about? How did I get there? Haley's Birkin, Jacqueline Hill's closet tour. Laura Lee just did a closet tour too, and she almost has five million followers. And last I checked, she had two and a half million. And she's like already caught up with Jacqueline Hill. The, the, the beauty gurus in their clickbait videos are truly on another level. This week, Jeffree Star posted one like doing my glam in a hot air balloon. Like we don't need to push the envelope. How about an everyday smoky eye? I, I, truly, I, I, I just I don't need the craziness. I don't need a full face of makeup under one dollar. I don't need a full face of makeup from all the brands that hate you because you torched then when they sent you a PR package because you just wanted views and it really wasn't that bad, but you actually destroyed their business as a result. It's so messed up. I hate all these, like they all like claim they're so honest, but honestly, I don't think they are. I think they, they just want to get views. Poor Jacqueline Hill had to pull her entire Morphe palette vault collection. Cause one blogger said the kickoff was horrible or like you know what's isn't that so funny how and if you i'm talking about beauty gurus on youtube if you aren't in this world and you like makeup i suggest it if you don't i just assume i it's because you don't have as much alone time as i do but uh especially because i did my own wedding and stuff uh, makeup for my wedding and stuff i would practice and i would watch different people's videos and i got to know all these girls and i honestly i get the draw and i get why people feel like they're their friends and feel betrayed when they distance themselves But anyway, um, they all obsess over makeup like formulas and use this term called pigmentation that is so hilarious because like, 
yeah, a, a makeup artist, a beauty guru is, you know, going to stick their finger and inexplicably swatch out on their forearm different shades. And maybe they'll think about the pigmentation or the quality of the color. But your average customer, like, literally will never utter, like, I cannot imagine buying an eyeshadow and being like, this pigmentation is just not sufficient. Like, what? I don't know. It's like $20. I Pigmentation, like, it's just a funny diss that now exists in this. And they complain about kickoff. Like, when, am I using the right word? When they put the eyeshadow on their eye, these gurus are like, oh, my God, there's so much drop off or fallout or kickoff. And meaning like some of the pigment gets like below your eye and you have to wipe it off. And I'm like, wait, eyeshadow doesn't do that. Isn't it a bunch of loose powder, a bunch of loose powder? I, so and then there's these the gossip channels that gossip about the beauty gurus. And they're like, did you see that Jackie Ina just dragged Jaclyn Hill's Morphe Vault palette for having too much kickoff on the green shade? Can you believe it? The drama, the tea. I can't. I won't. I shan't. And I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> what? I mean, I guess I'm watching it and I'm making you money. But like, is this really drama? She's pulling the whole line because her green shade had too much kickoff. I don't know. And she's obsessed with telling me that like she. They're her own formulas and they're not Morphe's formulas, but I'm like, I don't care whose formulas they are. I'm just buying it because your name's on it and I like you and I follow you and I trust your taste. But anyway, I actually think I have one of her. I have two of Morphe's palettes. I don't hate them. They're just ginormous and a a normal person doesn't need them. Um, Tartlet's In Bloom palette is like everything I ever needed and more and it smells like chocolate. So I use that. Um, But Morphe is more so like if you want to experiment and I don't know. And what annoys me, too, is they don't have names on the shades. And I feel like it's always been my dream job to have. I don't know. I would love to have a job where people just ask me to name stuff. Hence all my domain buying. And that's a lot of what I've been doing for consulting is I kind of like name and storytell. But a, a part of this I've never gotten to do is to like name colors or like I would love to name paints and crayons and eyeshadows and nail polish. Like the Essie, like Essie and OPI have really, you know, shattered, disrupted the naming industry. I, I, I really like what they come up with. They have some punny folks. But like Jaclyn Hill's palette is kind of like uh, Queen, Butter, Hustle, Twerk, Diva. Um, I think there's like a Creamsicle uh enchanted or like uh i mean one's like soda i don't know they're they're mocha they're kind of boring i think you would sell so many palettes if you're like kylie did an awesome job of this with the momager palette it it had like chris jenner phrases and things she wore and like the back said you're doing great sweetie from when you know chris was uh, point and shoot camera filming Kim at her naked d- draped in pearls at her trashy playboy shoot. Um, so I don't know. I just like, I think you would sell a lot more makeup if you did a tutorial and you were like, this one is Costco lasagna. <laughs> I, their sausage lasagna is unreal. This one is, um, uh, scatter my ashes at TJ Maxx. This one is coupon code. This one is, that is such a fun top. This one is, the brown one is Tugboat's Revenge. Mm, This one is Toyota Corolla. This is, my heart is frozen and so are my eggs. (laughs) This one is, can I get a side of ranch instead? And then this one is, 
Um, rail liquor is fine. Well, whatever's in the well. I can't afford top shelf. And then this one is really for the jet setter. This is called middle seat on an international flight. Um, this one is, I'm just trying to think of the dumbest stuff I do. This one is, um, I'm just a really good judge of character. And then I'd also probably have ones that were like, especially, supposedly, espresso, you know, bruschetta, all those things that bother me. All the, uh, you know, Pierre Escargot French names, like that you like feel like you have to honk when you say. And then like, I love phrases that are in 30 Rock. <laughs> um, Jenna had a show called the Rural like the Rural Jur, which it's like, I think is a fun, 30 Rock so good. Um, the Rural <laughs> I was I, Somebody said the other day, like pure terroir, like Ter- terroir as in like the 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 soil influencing how the the wine comes out and i was like yeah terroir like it just there's no way it just doesn't roll off the tongue it's uh anyways i gotta stop doing this i, I like think i'm so funny um <laughs> don't you hate though when people say they're a really good judge of character i'm like yeah i bet your character's outstanding it's it, i feel like i know a lot of people who actually are really good judges of character but the people that make it a point to say that it's usually in the context of like them hating some chick and they're like, I'm a really good judge of character and she is fake AF. <sighs> Speaking of, I can't wait for Vanderpump rules. <laughs> Raquel gave the most incoherent speech about skinny shaming on her story this past weekend. Came up on my discover page. She really is like Ashley from Southern Charm levels of thin, which is a little sad and depressing. Post-reality show stress. She's dating James Kennedy. Uh, who, who knows, you know, what it's like being the girlfriend of an internationally acclaimed DJ who has a residency at a small West Hollywood restaurant with three and a half stars on Yelp once a week. Um, it's not my place, um, but... She was just like slurring and making no sense. She was like, skinny shaming. It's just as bad as fat shaming. Any shaming of any kind is really, really hurtful and I won't stand for it. And like, girlfriend, I get you. I, I, I'm not a fan of bullying, shaming of any kind because everyone has their story and their stuff and their struggle. The problem is, if you're going to take the time to address your bullies, not your best bet to, you know, pop out of your Vegas party after raging at a cabana all day. We can see like the Bellagio fountain in the background. We know you're like just raging. You just actively put a photo of yourself in a bikini on Instagram and are complaining about people's response to it. It's like there's there's a better there's a better way. There's a way people probably take you more seriously. And I just I don't know. I want to help her, though. I was excited to see on her profile. She's like going into pediatric something and has, is pursuing a real career, which I think is awesome. And I support her. And I hope James Kennedy doesn't drag her down because he is unpredictable, although last season was his best. Anyway, also speaking of pronunciations earlier, I have to thank several of you who reached out to me after. Was it last week or two weeks ago? I graced you with my Australian accent with Jennifer Lopez. Uh, tepid responses on the accuracy um but i was told uh, that there are tricks of words and phrases you can say to like make yourself sound australian with english words and while i'd like to formally thank you for alerting me to this my husband would probably like to formally tell you to never 
give me any ideas ever again because I have not stopped for days. It's so much fun. I, I, I'm not good at accents and imitation, and uh, I just actually think these sound really accurate. So the first one, you say, rise up lights, L-I-G-H-T-S. When you say it fast, it sounds like razor blades in an Australian accent. Rise up lights, rise up lights, rise up lights, rise up lights, rise up lights. That was the best one, I think. The other one is, if you say, my bull, fine, M-Y space, B-U-L-L space, F-I-N-E, my bull, fine. (laughs) 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 You say, it sounds like you're saying mobile phone. Kind of, mobile, fine, my bull, fine, my bull, fine, which is like so funny because... That's just not a, I think I use cell phone. I think I say phone. Occasionally I'll say iPhone. I never say mobile phone. So it's kind of unfortunate. It kind of be like, here's how you say fax machine in Australian. Fax machine. (laughs) Not useful. And then my last one that's a a personal favorite is you can say hair piece, like a hair piece, you know, like a a toupee, maybe a halo extension. And you know, if uh, considering that word in an Australian accent, it does indeed sound like herpes. Happies, happies. Oh, there's a happies. <laughs> oh goodness gracious! At least I make myself laugh. So, anyways, rise up lights, my bull fine, hairpiece. If you want to enjoy annoy your spouse, your children, whoever. Tugboat really gets the brunt of it, and he's not doing well so far. Anyway, speaking of hairpiece, not herpes, hairpiece, I, um, so long story short, I'm in a bunch of Facebook groups adjacent to podcasts. I have one myself. I think these are fascinating groups of people that come to strangers on the internet for help on a myriad of topics, whether it's like the skinny confidential in her crew, the lady gang in their crew. These groups of like 25, 30,000 women. And I th- I'm in like so many of them for podcasts I don't even always listen to, but I just, it helps me stay in the know. I love learning about like beauty and uh, skincare and like, I don't know. I just, can't, I, it, it, they're interesting focus groups of people. And uh, occasionally people will post like their personal problems, which is like so risky because, you know, your name and like face and Facebook is, it's not an easy place to, you know, fake be a person because it's pretty transparent. Every time somebody tries to join our group, I can see when they join Facebook, how many friends they have and any like publicly available photos. And if you are like an avatar, if you joined recently, if you have no footprint, I'm kind of like, well, did you just like create an account recently to kind of troll? Like, why wouldn't you tie your identity to this? You know? So anyway, um, one of the g- groups I'm in has a subgroup. I'm not going to say what it is because I actually do respect the integrity of the secrecy of the group because I think they do some good work. The premise of it is that it's people who like fancy themselves internet sleuths and girls will come on and be like, I just, I started dating a guy on Bumble. It's going well. I feel a little funny about it. Like, you know, here's his photo and his name. Um, and can you tell me like, if there's anything weird about him or something? 
And people will be like, oh, yeah, so if you go here and you go here and you check here, he's had a DUI, he has two kids, he has no custody, he doesn't talk to them. And like, they find out everything. Because there's a lot of available information on the internet. And as I've always told you guys, never let somebody shame you for doing your due diligence. If you're meeting somebody in a method that they are total strangers and you have access to information, why not just be safe? You know, I'm not saying you have to like, go through every one of his ex's photos though by all means please do and then email me about it i'm just kidding this is the fun of dating stalking the stock don't you can't walk the walk if you don't stalk the stock you know anyway so um i actually i largely think of it as being like women helping women uh and actually my sister and i have talked about this because like when she's dated guys that were like like it's concern turned out to be like concerningly I don't want to I can I hate I don't like to throw on the term sociopath I'm not an armchair psychologist but like we're just such liars and had like double lives or you know just totally hold a fast one on her we've always said our concern is like how do you alert other people so it doesn't keep happening because they're brilliant liars and that's the problem with this personality type and anyway this this group, I, I see people like helping people sort through that. I never comment. I just lurk. Um, and anyway, this girl posts the other day and was like, um, my friend is getting messages from this guy on Facebook that says he knows a bunch of girls that have hooked up with her boyfriend and like, you know, that, you know, they shouldn't be together and. I, I, for, I forget the semantics, but it was basically like, I'm so sorry to tell you, but like your boyfriend's been cheating on you forever. Like he's not who you think he is and just trying to do a favor, even though you don't know me. And you look at the guy who sends the messages profile and immediately it's like kind of a red flag. Not a lot of photos. All the photos uploaded on the same day has the same photos on Facebook and Instagram. And I guess the girl was like, um what like I don't know I and she so her friend who's the one who's being told her boyfriend's cheating on her was like has a hunch that this could be one of her boyfriend's exes that has been known to be you know have some weird behavior but there's like no like kind of no way to prove it and um some people just aren't active on Facebook so this girl comes onto the screen and is like hey like do you guys know who this is like is there like is there any information you can get about this guy? So we like know a little bit more. And again, I like never participate, but it was midnight. I see this. I have like two solid hours before I'm ever going to fall asleep. And I was like, oh, well, I, I fancy myself quite a sleuth. This will be fun. And it, it becomes this weird thing where like when you watch Catfish, Nev appears to be doing something noble. But like, it's a little weird when you get deep and you realize how much like info you can find out about people digging through social media. And what's so messed up is because like privacy rules and sectors of Facebook have changed all the time and things from the past resurface. And it was used so differently back in the day. Like I, hard, I don't ever use it anymore, hardly, except for the Facebook group and for uh, business. But um, anyway, so I get to sleuthing and. There's hundreds and hundreds of comments on this photo, people going back and forth. You know, a few things um, are red flags to me besides the singular day upload of photos and having the same photos on Facebook and Instagram. They also There was also little to no interaction on these photos with genuine friends. The ones on Instagram that had likes or follows were clearly bots. The 
one of the photos he posted that was like of scenery. You could reverse Google image search it. It was like the second thing that came up when you typed in the city. You know, just stuff like people don't really do. And he was allegedly like a military guy. Um, yet his name and the military was not it was not at all Googleable except for like one offhanded article that didn't like meet his description at all. So I was like, well, I guess he could still exist. I don't know. Long story short, I, I get deeper and deeper. I go to his likes um, on Facebook. Again, I do not know these people. And this was just like gratuitous out of my own interest to see if I could crack a case. Anyway, something with his pictures just aren't right to me. He has one with another guy and it's a selfie. And it's the type of selfie you would take if you ran into somebody famous that were walking by you on their way to the bathroom at a restaurant. And you're like, hey, can you take a photo with me really quick? It wasn't like a staged friend's photo and the one guy taking the photo looked way way it was cheesing too hard for it to just be a regular bro so then i spent a few minutes trying to figure out if he was like a professional athlete this girl was like obsessed with this one football team and the selfie photo he was dressed normally everyone else was wearing nfl shirts they're clearly in a certain team bar i was like is he a player uh like i don't know and then you know you're looking in the background you can see dates on like plaques and it's just, it's a good fun, it's almost like a fun game of like, can, if somebody covered all their bases, can you still pick up on clues that they overlooked that would help you figure this out? Anyway, so I don't really get anywhere with any of the theories about him, but then I'm like, wait a second, it doesn't matter who he is. We don't need to prove that he's somebody else. We need to prove that a woman is running the account. Like, it is a fake account. And there's more, the more important thing is like, who's behind it? And uh, finding the guy in the photo wasn't going to do us any good. That's usually where catfish starts, though. So I think that's what I was thinking. Anyway, I comb through his likes and um, follows and stuff on Facebook. Everything's, you know, almost suspiciously generic. Um, And then on Instagram, everything's pretty generic. All the things he follows, except he follows like randomly eight Instagram uh, accounts of like hair extension uh companies or businesses in like different areas and one specifically like blonde hair extensions i was like that's kind of weird um and then i go back to facebook and he had one like that i didn't really flag before which was a hair extension company but this one was specifically in this specific town where the ex-girlfriend lives and to me the Instagram was like a finsta, like a throwaway. I have a ton of Instagrams for my different businesses I want to start because I want to grab the handles. And, you know, if you want to like stock or do something, you'll go on those. But you don't, you don't, I don't use them to like troll or reach out to people. If she had opened this a long time ago and used it sometimes on Instagram, she maybe forgot and just followed other accounts she didn't want to follow on her regular one. So that was kind of my conjecture. And then on Facebook to see a, uh, one company in her town, I was like, this is a clear case to me on Facebook of not realizing you're logged in to another account and accidentally liking something as somebody else. So I was like, OK, this isn't like a total smoking gun. I think it's pretty good proof that a woman is running this account. My question is, does the ex clearly have hair extensions? <laughs> so then I go through. She had given the name of the ex. I go through her uh, like publicly available profile pictures and read the comments carefully. And sure enough, like years back in like the 18th profile photo, there is a comment from a random girl that was like, oh, did you get hair extensions again? They look great. 
And the ex responded saying, yeah, I have a halo that I wear sometimes or whatever. And I was like, oh, my gosh, she does like she's an extension where she like has a halo and she takes it in and out. And then I could see like in her photos, her hair length would alternate. But, I, you, you know, sometimes it's hard to tell. And I was like, I mean, I think this is like pr- if, if the ex has done crazy stuff before, if this clearly is like a burner f- fake Facebook, there's no way in hell this guy is in the military and is in his late 30s and is liking hair extension accounts in both arenas, has no social interactions with his friends on any of his posts. And uh, the hair color and style of the type of extension she has matches the places she follows in the town she lives in. To me, I was like, I think this is kind of a closed case. Um, apparently, she'd been jealous of the relationship and had, and had like tried to sabotage it before, and it just all made sense to me. So I put... So anyway, but it's like, I don't know these people. What am I going to do? It's not like I can get, have a big reveal. There's hundreds of comments. So I like comment a few screenshots and I'm like, hey, uh, I think it's pretty clear this is a woman. It, it, like, everyone's speculating who the guy is, but like he's probably someone off Google. And I think the real story is, is like this is a girl is running this account. This account isn't real. And, um, you know, I think your friend's conclusion to me is your friend should be like, you know, at peace with the fact that th- this probably is not true because her, the, the girl who is uh, posing the question is like, her boyfriend is awesome. Like we love him. No red flags, nothing at all weird about him. Other than like, he just, you know, dated this girl a long time ago who is like kind of just around. And it does pose the question of like, you know, Speak of judge of character, if people have crazy exes, like, is that, you, you never know how much to read into that. But at the same time, you don't want to judge somebody by, you know, their past relationships. I think everybody has different situations when they're younger and figure out what they want. Um, anyway, so my comment was like kind of chill, but kind of like, I think I solved this. Like, I, I, I honestly wouldn't even worry about this message, like move on. But I think the other people were like, oh, she needs to be taken down. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Like, honestly, I don't think you should engage. Like, I don't, I think I would give her credit to like, I don't know. It's like you're um, validating that this is a concern you have. You're kind of feeding into it. And if you call her out, if, if someone is crazy, okay, my point was that if someone is crazy enough to go through all this trouble to fake a person an identity to upload photos and you know captions to facebook and instagram who's had this account for a few years and appeared to use it like once a year clearly when they want to stalk somebody um forgets they're on it sometimes if you go through all that trouble for somebody you haven't dated in years there's something deeper going on and it's not always the best idea to poke those people a because you poke the bear they come, you know, they come at you twice as hard. B, if something is really going on, like mental health wise, whatever, like, you know, you kind of try to approach it from empathy. If you really are secure in your relationship, like I, it's not his ex-wife. It's just kind of an ex-girlfriend. And uh, I don't know. I don't think that's a very popular response because I like nobody. It was just funny because I think um, there's like obsessive comments about people trying to figure it out and i really thought i figured it out but i think that in saying like yeah cool your friend can like not worry about it people are like huh no 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 no. this girl needs to be called out we need hard and fast proof 
And yeah, that's just something I didn't want to get involved with. I, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not in the business of ruining lives. I'm in the business of peace of mind. Whenever I do sleuthing, it's never with the intent to ever reach out to the people you stalk. It's to know as much as you can to make an educated guess. I think you engage the people and reveal the extent of your stock. You become the weirdo. Say it, forget it, write it, regret it. To quote Dorinda Medley. <laughs> um, but anyways, it's just kind of an interesting. Uh, that took up way too much time. Oh, and that's what I, I, that's what I thought of hair piece because... Alas, isn't isn't this isn't the smoking and isn't the culprit always the hairpiece, the extensions. If the girl leaves her hair behind, much like an episode of Below Deck I just watched where she left her entire hair halo in the drawer. And like you see people like pack it in their luggage or purse. There's just like a chunk of hair. And I'm like, oh, really grosses me out. I've never had extensions. Can't say I'm not interested. I would love thicker. Hair, and I thought about it for my wedding, but then I had visions of myself looking like a, a recently cast off bachelor contestant about to go to paradise who gets eyelash and hair extensions before going to paradise because they know the humidity is going to destroy their hair if it is not fake and able to be pre-curled. And I decided against it. But I did get eyelash extensions. Um, anyway, uh, oh, <laughs> the... So I left a couple comments, like as the story was unrolling with my observations. And the one where I thought I cracked the case had very few comments. (laughs) And the one where earlier I had said, honestly, I think the smoking gun, you know, first pass is his the section of likes on his Facebook is a who's who of the Scholastic Book Fair from like 95 to 99 to get book it credits for the Pizza Hut. And because it, it was Shel Silverstein, it was the Giving Tree, it was um, uh, where the red fern grows, it was uh, a, Bever- a Beverly Cleary book. You're telling me a grown man in the military hops on Facebook, is like, oh yeah, I gotta establish my likes, gotta tell the people who I am. And he selects a Beverly Cleary book. What is he like, the diehard Ramona Quimby fan? Like, no, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Um, and that's what got the big reaction. So now I'm going to maybe I'll, I'll use this as a forum to test out my jokes because it wasn't really a joke. I was being completely serious. That is the exact stuff I would order from the Scholastic Book Fair. Maybe a lot of people didn't remember it, but God, it is so clear in my brain. It, I remember the teacher would come in with those fresh stacks of crisp hardcover books, sometimes a crossword puzzle or two. And they'd have post-its on the top with the name of the kid. And then they put them on their desk and you would like know who was rolling in it. Because not only did their parents buy them a crap ton of books from that scratchy eight-piece paper leaflet, they had to do a mail order, which is a lot of effort. And they chose to pay like twice the amount that you would in a store. And at a store, you could get it like today, tomorrow. No, they paid the markup, mailed in a form, waited six to eight weeks, and then got the books. I mean... Truly, anyone's parent who would go through that effort, I'm fascinated by because we went to a little place called the library where you would rent books. What a novelty. The library is the is the Netflix of the 90s. You know, you want to go subscribe to one place that has a lot of stuff that you don't keep forever. And sure, they can change out the titles. They have ultimate control over the inventory, but you're just happy to be there. And there's always something. And uh I don't know. I have fond memories of going to the fairs 
too, because they would sell all those knickknacks and you would spend all your allowance money on the silliest looking eraser in town. Uh, maybe it had like a boa feather material on the end, like Sharon Dion. Maybe it was a shark that was eating your pencil. Uh, half the time I just came home with like some bookmarks and I would enter the loose change I found in the couch into like a raffle that was definitely rigged. Um, not because my parents didn't you know, want me to read books, but because we had a functioning library and I had plenty of books and they were pretty smart to not have me overpay at this school book fair for what was like a book I was dying to have of scary stories about a girl who wore a green scarf around her neck and at the end her head falls off. I didn't need to be reading that shiz at home anyway. It's very, uh, it's a nice time to think about. More importantly than the books, though, because the classic book fair was one thing and then the order forms were another thing, but I don't know if Book It was affiliated, but we had this thing called Book It and you got a pin, and mine was purple, and it said book it, and it had, like, I don't know, eight different holes around it, just like the place I get my eyebrows threaded or a frozen yogurt frequent diner card. And every book you read, you'd get, like, this gelatin sticker on, and when you got eight, you got a free personal pan pizza at the Pizza Hut. And as you know, I, I, just, I, there, I just, I really look forward to chain restaurant meals. Always have, always will. I love a good, substantial, predictable meal because I loved them as a kid. I went through a pretentious phase and now I'm coming full circle. I explain this more in depth in the episode Bold Yet Unassuming, I believe, which is number 19. But I going to the pizza and getting my own pizza, I, I will never forget. A, Pizza Hut stupidly designed their building so as if they ever went out of business they could never lease it to somebody else because it looks like a freaking pizza hut. It's, it's a hut in the middle of a suburb. It's not a great planning decision on their part. And actually, I went to a winery in the fine rolling hills of western Michigan where it was, in fact, a converted pizza hut. And they couldn't fool me. I could tell from a mile away. Secondly, something about those tall red frosted cups with the crushed ice and the bottomless soda is a true treat. You hope your parents are looking when you ask for the refill of the 20 ounces of regular Coke or regular Sprite that you got and just get jacked up before, during, and after eating your pizza. I loved the, the mood lighting of those Tiffany's stained glass lamps over a pool table and over a long family-sized table. You know, I just, I'm talking about pizza, which is adjacent to pepperoni, and Tugboat lives, breathes, and dies for pepperoni, and I honestly think you heard me talking about pizza, and now he's having a meltdown. How many books did you read this week, Mr. Boats? <laughs> he's a horrible influencer. He's the opposite. He's, the, he's an uninfluencer. He's an exfluencer. What's that word? Anyway, I could go on and on about the Pizza Hut, but nobody needs to hear that from me. I don't really know what I'm going to end with. I started with Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Maybe I'll end with Boom, Boom, Boom. <laughs> My poor sister. Um... Did one, one year, one season of dance, and she was, like, really young. Uh, I want to say it was early high school. Well, no, maybe the joke was that she was a little bit old to be doing it. She does, she's going to have to remind me. Regardless, she was under 18. And they have them buy. She did it with her friends for fun, but it was kind of like a serious dance studio. They have them buy these blue velveteen rompers that are half-sequined and sequined baseball caps a la Stephanie Tanner, Motown, Philly, 
I, I felt like Liberace's dad episode of Full House where they're like, she's dancing. Look at her. You can tell she's a winner. She's Stephanie Tanner. Dun, 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 glamour. That's me. Dun, 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 dun. I'm your Broadway baby. I'm the one. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Um, anyway, the whole episode was about Danny putting too much pressure on her to be a star on Broadway. <laughs> but anyway, my sister gets up there in this bedazzled velveteen outfit at an otherwise awkward age, which she'll tell you. It doesn't, her words, not mine. The instructor has these young women dancing so sexually. And the song they pick is Boom, 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 I believe by the Venga Boys, which if you'll recall, goes a little something like, Girl, your booty is so round. Let me lick you up and down. And then continues to get worse, I think. And, uh, you know, great beat. Could have gone for the non-explicit version. And I'm sure every parent in the audience is just sitting there like in Mean Girls watching that Santa dance. And even though I, compl- I compared my talent to dance also to that Santa dance, this was way worse. <laughs> and um, I don't know. It's just like a funny memory. And every time I hear that song, I just picture the flashing lights of the middle school gym. And the sequins just blinding my eyes, but also really setting my sights on that blue velvet sequined romper that I was dying to wear for Halloween the following year. And I believe I did. Oh, crap. I I was going to sign off, but I forgot to tell you about what I was thinking for going forward with this podcast. And it's just an idea. And tell me what you tell me your thoughts. You know, I'm always like, let me know your thoughts and I'll let you know mine. Like, I really mean that. Even though it annoys me that Jack Linnell does not take the well-intentioned advice of others to be a little bit more, less materialistic, it doesn't mean that I can't handle yours, you know? In trying to figure out what to do with this podcast, the past, I'd say, month or two, I've gotten, I've gotten reached out to with a few different advertising offers. And I did the one with Makespace because they, like, actually changed my life when I was moving, and I paid for it. But other, I don't know, it's like a credit card company, a subscription box. I, 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 I'm just kind of like, I, I, I don't know. I feel conflicted about the, the revenue stream that is uh, advertising and, and being given a script pretending like it's a thing I'm doing. Because I can't come on here and talk about how I wish conversations were being elevated or I wish recommendations were a little bit more sincere. I, I live for a recommendation. I, I occasionally have a segment on my um, Instagram called Under the Influencer, where I buy things from influencers. And half the time, they're, they're pretty bad. Uh, like that bra that has that corset tie that like made all the other girls' boobs and all those ads just like fly, fly higher, higher than an eagle. And somehow, somehow mine, 9.8 meters per second squared, dropped straight to the ground. Did not work. That, my friends, is gravity. But anyway, I, I want to walk the walk and try something different and see if I can't use this podcast to promote your businesses and your stuff and your stories and your causes and your charities and your stuff you have going on. The way I see it, it could be a situation where instead of having like one advertiser buy two minutes worth of a script that I say, you know, before, during, and after the podcast for a larger sum, why can't I offer that to like three or four small businesses, Etsy shops, whatever, for a much smaller sum? 
and talk about it from like a genuine place of me, like looking at your stuff and hearing your story and recommending your shops. Because I honestly think that there's a community of people that want to support small businesses that are looking for the stuff you guys make and stuff you guys do. And, but I'm the first person to understand like quality doesn't matter if nobody can find you and uh, mar- small marketing, when you don't have a marketing budget, it feels so discouraging at times. Cause it's like, how do I reach new people, new platforms? How do I get people interested in me? And I feel like if I want to be proud of what I'm doing, I want to always make sure I'm solving for the white spaces I'm seeing and the experiences that I've had that I want to correct for. And if I can help other people not have that same experience, not saying that me talking about you on my podcast is going to revolutionize your business. I I cannot provide those data points. Um, But what I can do is put you on people's radar and all of my episodes are available going back and each one gets more listens week by week. People start at the beginning and then what I say is immortalized, fortunately or unfortunately. So yeah, just something I've been thinking about. If you are interested in me talking about your business, whatever you want me to talk about, um, uh, email me at kate, K-A-T-E at be there and com. B-E-T-H-E-R-E-I-N-F-I-V-E.com. I'm not going to rip you off. I'm not a jerk. I honestly am interested in this as an experiment, but don't just send me a link to your shop. Tell me your story. I, I, I want to share stories. I want to I tell people about other people who were doing awesome work and who had a crazy idea, who are just starting and are nervous, who are already there, but not sure where to go. Like I, I, We're humans, and I don't want to hawk the stories of entrepreneurs who are just blanket success stories, because we're all more dynamic than that, and we all have a lot more to give than that. And I, I just, I love to hear people being willing to talk about their experience in an emotional, confessional, productive way that isn't to complain, but it's to humanize ourselves while also in, legitimately inspiring other people because inspirational stories make me feel like, oh, I don't have what it takes. I am not like that. I could have not handled that situation well. But when I hear people speaking honestly about it, um, I'm like, oh, wow, like that. Wow. They made a big mistake, too. Or they didn't know how to handle that situation, too. And it makes it just seem all the more feasible when you're in the thick of it. And um, I think a lot of you that listen to this are also like working from home and for yourselves. And I just I'm incredibly like impressed by and proud of any person who has the gumption to put themselves out there, especially to family and friends that inevitably when you try to sell something or be something, everyone's going to make fun of you. I'm impressed by people that have the, the persistence to break through that, the foresight to know it's not going to ultimately matter, because if you're doing something sincerely that is meaningful to you and you think has value to other people's lives, it will work in some way, shape or form, even if it's not the way you think it's going to at first. And I admire people who are willing to take a major risk and forego a lot of monetary things in their social life, a lot of perks that make for a debatably happy life, but you yourself are a a creator and a maker and know that the things that make you tick aren't the same as everyone else. And even if nobody understands it, and even if your audience is zero, you still have to go for it anyway. That is chutzpah. That is being the leading lady of your own life, my friends. To quote one, what was his name? (laughs) Wait, crap. Oh, the, the, the greatest fictional writer 
screenwriter of all time in Hollywood, Albert. He pretend he was looking at you, kid. Didn't he like pretend? Arthur Abbott. Oof! Thought I had lost it, gang. If I can't recite the holiday from memory, then that's when you know. That's when you know I'm losing brain cells. Must be all of the Tuesday and Thursday marks I've been having. I also do want to caveat strongly that I don't think the only people with gumption, chutzpah, leading lady of your own life, are entrepreneurs, business owners. My God, the majority of us are absolutely insane. I'm saying I admire. Uh, what I admire in somebody is to like really focus on finding their truth and getting to know themselves and caring less about what people are saying, caring less about the noise and doing more of what makes them happy, more of what makes them lose track of time, more of living in what makes them the best version of themselves. And for a lot of people, that is not being an entrepreneur. I question that every day. I think I'd be an outstanding creative director and I'm kind of a crappy CEO, if you will. I put that in quotes. I admire whatever people need to do to improve or to live in the quality of life they want to have, regardless of what anyone else thinks. I just think so many people are are so unhappy. And if you don't like something, change it. And that doesn't mean quit your job. That doesn't mean I went to nursing school and sank in all these years and I'm stuck in a trade so I can't get a new job. I get that. I get circumstance. I get barriers. I get we have families to support. We, we're providers. We're, we're, we're the carriers of children. Like we're so many things that make it hard to have the flexibility to make big changes. But I respect people immensely who chip away at goals and who don't discounting at the beginning and who don't discounting in the middle and who don't see other people's stories and feel like they're too big and too unreachable. So they shouldn't even try anyway. And if your goal is that you want to be home with your kids more, or if your goal is that you want to be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, I respect you all the same because you're doing what you want and you're not making decisions for other people that you're ultimately going to resent later because you're putting yourself second. I think that it's a thing you learn as you get older that that the more time you spend accommodating other people is the less time you're spending on your own goals, your own dreams. And I actually, one of the inspirational quotes that perhaps is tried that I really like, I can't even think of the exact wording. It's basically like, like build your own dreams. Don't help work for somebody else to help them build theirs. But I don't see that as an entrepreneurial quote. I see that as don't spend all your time so engulfed and and wrapped in what other people are doing or thinking or where they need you and ignoring what you want. Because the only person that's going to lose is you. People are going to move on and forget that you were or weren't there for them or you did or said or whatever. You said no to go to their function. Like, I believe in actively supporting people in high quality and low volumes, not spreading yourself thin and doing it superficially in high volumes. And I believe in taking care of yourself. And the second you start to point fingers to blame other people, to resent other people, for holding you back or for not being where you want to be, that's when you have to look in the mirror and be like, I let that happen. I, I, I struggle with people using, you know, you know, don't waste my time as an excuse for like people leading them on, whether it's romantically in business or whatever. But the thing is that we've got to do is p- people might waste our thoughts, but we're letting them waste our time. While some guy is ghosting you, you can also be dating other people just like he is. If you have a business deal that's not a sure thing, pursue other business deals in the process. People are going to screw you over a lot, and it really, really sucks. 
But that I, another thing, the quote I'm obsessed with that I know I've said before, and I'm a broken record, but confidence is not everyone's going to love me. It's I'll be OK if they don't. And that's why you can't point fingers and you can't blame other people. And even I am like, oh, these influencers, Doug the Pug, Kylie, everyone has things I don't. I feel like I work twice as hard with half as much. And I, there are moments like this when I sit here and I'm like, OK, what can I freaking do myself? Like, how can I change this? What am I doing to move the needle to to? to cast a vote in the type of world I want to live in. So yeah, don't you love my diatribes? I, I certainly don't. I will never listen back to this. I guess I just, I don't know. I want to be honest about where I'm at. I want to practice what I preach. I want to encourage other people to do more of what makes them happy and to stop worrying about what other people think. And I say that because I need to remind myself more of anybody else. So I guess that's where I'm at. Now that I'm talking through this, Boom, boom, boom. Just doesn't feel appropriate. Love the Vanga boys, but it's, it's like, is it a boom, boom, boom? Let me hear you say, ayo, ayo. And I know that might inspire some of us, but I, I feel more inspired by another part of the story I took because end of the tone I inadvertently took after that story. Um, you know, it's so funny. I was having an off week and some every every the past 26 weeks every week i've thought i'm gonna skip this week i'm gonna put up an old episode i just i can't do it i have nothing to say i have, I have nothing to add and i started this week i was like I'm, i'll talk about xena and i'll talk about my husband i'll start in a an happy place and see where it goes and like i'm over 90 minutes <laughs> almost and i think honestly that just goes to show how therapeutic it is for me how grateful i am that you're here uh, even if I'm talking about an eyeshadow palettes kickoff that you've never heard of and don't care about, somehow when I finish these, I feel lighter. And I, it's almost to bring it full circle, my journal of chronicling this time in a different way than I ever have before. And I think every week when I'm honest or when I say something that I'm just not sure how it's going to go, I'm just like nauseous. But at the same time, I don't know if there's any other way to live. I don't know if there's any other way to put yourself out there as a public person than to just be as honest as you can and hope it's well-received. And I guess that's the best I can offer sometimes. And I guess, I don't know, whatever direction these podcasts take, I sincerely am grateful uh, that you're here. And it gives me a great deal of comfort knowing that you're on the other side, having a conversation with me in a sense. So I'm going to end with another it only seems appropriate to start with a fictional band and end with a fictional band. And this person has a very important, long, outstanding career who has been part of several different bands. At one point, Polka. At one point, people's called, called, is inexplicably called the Monkey Puppets with a guy named Viper. Uh, but more famously, more importantly, ha had a group of bros that he, he liked to call the Rippers. And as the Beach Boys famously said, that they so eloquently covered. And the Beach Boys are near and dear to my heart. They're my dad's favorite band. I grew up listening to them. I was born in California. I am a California girl, even though I don't like the sun or to be in a two-piece or the sand or really anything about being outside. My dad and I danced to God Only Knows at my wedding. It's a moment I'll cherish. It's one of my favorite songs of all time, but that's not what I'm playing. What I'm playing, if you can recall, is a little song we once first witnessed uh, with a couple naked babies starting out the video, a canopy bed on a veranda, with flowing linen drapery, with a shirtless Greek man with several gold chains just laying there sensually, which then cut to uh, a room littered with candles, a, a true fire hazard in the making that would put 
Monica's proposal to Chandler to shame. It's a, it's a beautiful video, and oddly, those twins, Nikki and Alex, played by Dylan and Cole Sprouse. Oh my god, wait, no, no, they weren't. That's Big Daddy, and that's Ben from Friends. Blake and Dylan, two of me will hoat. <laughs> played Nikki and Alex, Katsopolis. Where are Dylan and Blake, two of me will hoat? That's what, that's what I need to know. That is some investigative reporting I'm going to do this week. I can't believe I thought that was the Sprouse twins. Am I crazy? Sweet life of Zach and Codes? They weren't on Full House. They're too young. Anyway, guys, I could have had a much stronger or deeper ending if not for Blake and Dylan, two of me will hout. God damn it. Anyway, point being, and if you're on Patreon, this is how I send this video to you when you pledge to thank you because this is truly a favorite of mine. And just a reminder, if you want to hear months of bonus content, all my secrets, me read my journals this week, go to patreon.com slash be there in five. It's in the show notes, though, on iTunes, um, which is a little easier. P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And um, yeah, anyways, I've actually never used this song on the regular public podcast. So point being, the way I feel about this podcast is expressed in this song, because if every word I said could make you laugh, I'd talk forever. And I really would. And I really mean that. And I hope this podcast makes you laugh sometimes. <laughs> I certainly laugh at myself way too much for my own good. <laughs> but it's honestly been such a blessing being in such a lonely, lonely position, working for myself and only with myself. Even if you're not physically here to laugh with you every week, to laugh at references I know you'll get. So I feel comfortable laughing because the only people who like understand my thought process are you guys. <laughs> It honestly means the world, and I really would talk forever so long as you'd have me. So I'll let Jesse and the Rippers take it from here. Um, but as always, let me know your thoughts, and I will let you know mine. I'll be there in five. I swear. If every word I said,